0: Welcome to Cat Chat. Happy Chatt. Tuesday, everyone. We are we are back with Cat Chat Live. It is Tuesday. Tyler Tomlinson is with us. We're looking good. Uh, some big things happening here. We'll get, we'll get some... Uh, Changes happening, uh, or new another a, a new excitement uh, for Tyler that he can, we can talk about here in, in, in a brief second. But we are CAP Chat live. We are into May uh, already, so excited about May, excited about the spring heading into the summer. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the differences between high school and club soccer and college soccer. So we're not saying either one's good or bad or anything like that, but we're going to talk about some of the different, the main differences between club and, and high school soccer and as you get into to college. And, uh, today's Cap Chat is brought to you by Park Place Java. You can go online and order your coffee at parkplacejava.com. You can have it shipped directly to your front doorstep. You can get a subscription so you never run out of coffee again. That's parkplacejava.com, and this is Cap chat. You're listening to CapChat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. This is CapChat. We are here, Tyler. How are you, my friend? I'm
1: good. I'm good. It's different being on the inside of the aquarium.
0: I know, and that's what we're going to ta- we're going to say. So Tyler is is now after years of begging and pleading. Uh, I just, we wore him down and he is officially part of Rush Soccer now. So congratulations to that and welcome to Rush.
1: Yes. Happy to be here. All my years of not making a fool of myself on this podcast or maybe making a fool of myself on this podcast has got me, uh, now working with the club and uh, I'm very excited. Yeah.
0: You're owning the Midwest and West region as a, as a cap director, bringing all your knowledge expertise uh, to these players and so uh, still in a non-biased way because you like other clubs you like other clubs too you got other clubs too. so
1: i'm an equal opportunity club lover <laughs> let's, go, let's go soccer
0: <laughs> so we're back man how's your spring season you, you you still playing you about done or what What do you got going on there
1: uh we're done we're done we can get done pretty early uh, just because our college's curriculum's a little different so Um, our kids have like a travel period that they go all around the world and do some crazy stuff. so we like to get our, our games and everything out of the way. So we have, we have done that. We just had our all athletics awards banquet. Nice. Did you win anything? Last night. Um, we, we had the, uh, outstanding senior athlete, uh, to one of our players and the, uh, newcomer of the year for all athletics as well. Oh, so yeah. yeah, we we kind of bookend there. Yeah, uh, with our awards, so that's pretty neat. Do
0: the players still get you something nice every year?
1: Um, <laughs> I this is speaking of bookends. I think my players have got me something the first year I coached. There's a ball over here in my office, and then the last year, this past year I coached, so t- twice ever. Uh, here, I was, look, look how interactive this is becoming. This is what they gave me this year. Uh, so, I
0: remember that picture.
1: Each one, each one of them wrote uh, a letter to me. Oh. I have a tradition where I write like the seniors a letter. Yeah, but, uh, that's what they gave me. So this this has a name. It's something trendy, uh, like thankful bank or something. I don't know, but yeah, yeah good idea. So yeah, twice. It's it, twice it, it's, it, it,
0: it's a mailbox painted white.
1: <laughs> it's pretty much, it sits on my desk. Oh, they did give me this too. They'd be mad if I didn't get if I didn't mention that. This bigger and imp- more important one. So, this is when we got our hundredth, my career hundredth oh, win this year. The kids, neat. the kids actually got that made for me. Yeah, pretty nice, huh?
0: Yeah, that's really nice.
1: So this, but that, I mean, that kind of shows you like this year's group was pretty special for our yeah. team. Um, you know, we had a really good season, but it also tells you the kind of kids they are that they think outside themselves. Yeah, so that helps.
0: I used to love the end of your presence. Like I, I won you, I did, I got a book cause I, I did the same thing. I always wrote letters to, to the people leaving. I, I got a book and they all wrote with a thought. And so, and I keep, I keep all those. Um, they got me a signed soccer ball, like a custom made picture soccer ball in time. And, um, yeah, you know, all those things are meaningful, I think, cause they put thought into it. And, and, um, there's always the kid, like when they write stuff. There's always the one kid who says, "Thanks, Coach." Like, okay, well, <laughs> I didn't really like you either. So,
1: thanks, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> Love, Josh. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're the best, Coach Tamlinson. It's Tomlinson. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Had a great time at Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're we're like I said, in, into May, moving and shaking. Uh, half the country is playing uh, club, half the pl- country is playing high school soccer, and um, but the 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 topic we're gonna we're gonna dive into right after Tyler's trends, though, is the difference between high schools and club soccer it's all the same, and then in you know, collegiate soccer and kind of and, and ways you can maybe try to prepare for it, um, and, and get ready for for different levels of uh of college soccer. But uh, before we do that. We're gonna welcome Ruthie back into the world and we're gonna dive into uh, to Tyler's trends, everybody. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolfpack. And my wolf pack grew by one.
1: It's time for Tyler's trends. Slow motion. <laughs> I got a weird one, Josh. Um and uh <laughs> off air, I, I can actually off air, I can actually tell you who it is. Okay. Okay. Because you connected to this player. So. Oh, geez. Anyway, I've been uh, – you know, I've sent out an email, uh, a letter of interest to the player. The process of getting them to connect with me was a little slow. So whatever, it was fine. Uh happens sometimes. And then um, a, a cell phone number was provided to me. This is the player's number if you want to get in touch with the player. So – And, you know, I'm not like someone that bothers a lot with, uh, you know, blowing your phone up or whatever in the recruitment process. But recently this player has played in the area and I've been able to see them play. And so, um, you know, I had sent text messages. Hey, this is – I'll be at this showcase or I'll be at this game. You know, feel free to talk to me after. And they were, okay, yeah, sounds good. Appreciate it, coach. See you there. Then after the game, hey, good to see you play you know, you know, whatever, we'll catch up soon. Yeah. Coach appreciate you coming out. This and that. Well, a week later, I, you know, I was like probably need to really step up my game with this player since we've been communicating and and really have a nice long conversation with them and, and, and get done with like the email and text stuff. And so I called them and the, the phone number was not the kid's phone number. (laughs) It was, it was the parent's phone number. But
0: You'd been communicating though.
1: All along I've been communicating and I've been communicating as in like if the player's name was Josh, yeah. Hey Josh, hello Josh, good game, Josh. And at this point the parent had been responding back, hey what's up? Thanks, this and that. Wasn't the parent wasn't the player's number. Huh. Right? So <laughs> this is not a good trend, by the way, parents. So uh I was talking to a friend of mine who, you know, uh, has a high school age kid that plays soccer and everything. And, and she was like, just text him and be like, Hey, when I called, I realized that the name was different than Josh's name. Yeah, I was wondering if this was the right phone number. And, and she said, go ahead and just send it. I mean, what, what do you got to lose? Just tell him. That. Yeah. So I sent that text Friday.
0: Nothing. Christmas, ghosted
1: by the mom now, or the dad, whoever's phone number it might be.
0: That's that, that bizarre. That is bizarre. That is. That's not how
1: you handle the recruiting process. No. <laughs> no one. I don't, would ever advise, act like your kid. I don't, and text the coach back. I don't know what
0: to, 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 to say that because I have throughout the years done the exact same thing, but they immediately say, "Hey, this is yeah. you know, Mister Tyler." So
1: you know this is my. This isn't their number. Yeah. This is mine. exactly. Yeah.
0: But to continue that on is is is. I mean, it's almost like you get catfished.
1: <laughs> I kind of did. you did. I recruiting catfish. Recruiting catfish. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> we our own term there. That that is that is that is weird. Um, you know, it's the interesting thing about our job. Like, and I'm sure you have it. I mean, we we both now you know work every day. We're always seeing different stories and new new things that happen. Right. And, and, and we kind of made a joke about it almost with like, hey, we'll do Tyler's trends of things that you experience in the yeah. recruitment process that we can share on the show. And like, this is one of our weirdest ones. Hmm.
0: But I, I, I do think, though, that extends even further um, into the, the, the communication from the players and parents. Um, this one, I think, is just weird. I, I don't think this is this has nothing to do with lack of lack of of education because if i text you even non recruitment if i text you and say you know your, your wife says, hey jessica you know how are things you would say oh by the way this is tyler not jessica yeah. like that's just a normal i think human like a normal human response though but I, but parents got i like and it, that so I, but i do think we got to educate parents on on their involvement in the recruitment process cuz you know you, you still see parents really helicopter and and not letting the player uh, and I do believe parents think they're doing the best for them. I do that. I I don't think any parent is trying to actively hinder recruitment, but I, the player's got to do the communication. I mean, that's.
1: Right. And then I think you and I have talked about it. Maybe not, maybe even in our last episode or the one before that parents sometimes control email a lot. Mm -hmm. And then we were making jokes about, players' social media accounts yeah when they're like super witty and like you know that the Mm -hmm. kid didn't post that like um and 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 we just kind of we kinda laughed about it because we know it's happening and we're still trying to steer our parents away from right handling that we need to know who the kid is. Yeah. And so you right you have your best interest and maybe we'll talk about this Josh at our next boot camp. You have your kid's best interest in mind because you're trying to market the kid, yeah. but we have to teach them to market themselves. Exa- oh, absolutely. That's yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I do think parents are trying, but it's it, sometimes you, I, I hate to say this but sometimes it's, it's almost sad. Like, I think the parent is now trying to live through, like they're trying to do everything for And we them. get
1: criticized by that yeah. as parents, like stop trying to live through vicariously through yeah. Yeah. your kids, let them live their lives.
0: Yeah. And I'm not saying we're perfect parents, I mean I'm pretty dang close to it, but um <laughs> you know like i think I tell you like and i think and I think I may go overboard because and I say this because I'm involved in the recruitment process, and you know I have my kids do i mean they have to order go to a restaurant, they order their own food, like they talk for people they i I don't speak for them, and now I say that because i'm i i see the the reverse of that. So if I wasn't involved in the recruitment process, I don't know if I'd be doing all that, but because I've seen too many 14, 15, 16 year olds that are not able to even communicate, not even come up for, yeah. for when you have kickarounds to, to, you know, they walk up and you clue, I mean, they're, you know, Oh five, whatever the 14, 15 years old. And it's the mom that says, Hey, I'm here with Tyler. Okay, great. Tyler, how are you today? Oh, he's good. Thank you. I'm, you know, and so I, maybe I go overboard yeah. to having my kids speak for themselves, but it, it.
1: No, it's a good, uh, you're creating the right habits. And I mean, I'm okay. Like I, re- I talked to a, a girl and her dad the other night and the dad said like right out of the gate, Hey, you know, my kid is really shy, mm-hmm. introverted kid. She's not that way when you get around her, but I know in this process with you, me and her on the phone, like it's going to be best if I'm here to maybe help with some of the question answering because I just, or asking because yeah. I know she's shy and the, the kids on the phone with them. And I'm like, it's okay. It's not the first time I've dealt with it. I appreciate you guys for just being open as why well. dad's on the phone call. Yeah, and and that's okay. And and she will if she comes here, she probably will open up. But it happens. Not every kid is yeah. an extrovert. But I
0: think that I think that communication is is was spot on from from the dad.
1: I, I've helpful. I, it was helpful I've had the that same
0: conversation before with a parent, and um, and I've had, I've actually had someone through this process. Not not someone I was not recruiting from it, but um the dad would call and say hey my my actually it was his son said, my son's pretty shy and we're trying to get him ready would you randomly call him and and pretend like it's a re- and tell him who you obviously and ask him some questions and i did like we we walked through it the kid answered the phone practice. yeah 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 and and so yes, those dude. things i i appreciate you know i think um of, of getting him to do that himself and um but i think that's just the way players are now you know we adapt to it and you just have to you change and we hope that that parents listen a little bit. And, um, cause I do, I do believe their hearts in the right place, but yeah. Well, good, good trend. Good trend. I like it.
1: It's like we could do a whole boot camp on it. Oh
0: my goodness gracious. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many topics, man. I'm telling you, it's just, it is, uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, high school soccer and, and, and by this, and again, I want to, I want to disclaimer this of high school age soccer. We're not saying that if you play club soccer or if you play in your St. Joe's Academy soccer, just in general, what are the differences is when you go to college. Um, and so we've kind of laid out six or seven and we'll see how many we get through. This could be a two-parter. We'll kind of see, but um, so what, what are the, what are the main differences that, that we see at the college game? Um, and the, the, the biggest one I'll start here is, is that I see is, is speed of play. The, the game is much faster at the higher level. And I think that we'll continue through any, any age though, but that that's the jump is the speed of play um of how fast you have to how far ahead you have to think and how how fast you have to get the ball off your feet, um to, to be able to play at that level. Um any any thoughts on that, Tyler?
1: Yeah, there is um An inherent uncomfort or discomfort to new players when they arrive at the college level. Um, You know, this is, and I I think some of these will kind of change depending on the gender, Mm -hmm. Uh, but this is one that definitely goes with men and women Um, and speed of play. uh, It does have to do with physical speed, but I think Josh is referring a lot more to uh, your brain speed and how quickly Mm -hmm. you do need to have your next decisions ready to go because, you lose the ball, uh, you're under pressure, you have your head down and, and moments where in the high school game, you had that extra second or half a second, that, that time is gone. Um, Mm -hmm. and so being able to be prepared mentally, uh, and, you know, not a lot of high school club coaches train, not that they don't train it, they can't simulate it, uh, how quickly it's going to be. So, Yeah, I think that's a great lead off there uh, with speed of play. And it kind of leads into the second one well, that we're going to talk about with physicality.
0: Well, I, I want to stop with speed of play, too. I, I, I kind of want to dive into because uh, uh, I do want to get to physicality because you're right. they are, I think, direct tie ins is. So how do we the, like you said, how do you mimic that? And how do you how do we as as a, a pr- prospective student athlete? Well, that's what we'll call him. PS is how, how do you try to get to the, the higher speed of play? Um, cause sometimes, you know, you're, you're on a team and you're the best player and you're playing in a league that you're the best player and you can hold the ball for three to four seconds. Is there anything our players can do to prepare for that speed of play? Or is it just, you got to hop in and hit it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, you can work into your training regiments. Um, a couple th- technical things I, I would recommend. One would be uh, learning to. I'm big on teaching scanning. Our players don't like it because it's not sexy. Um, But, you know, you can do it on your own. All you need is a wall, a ball, and maybe a parent with uh, two different colors, right? And so it's a red, it's a Mm -hmm. yellow, and you have to be able to hit the ball, turn, see what color they have, play it back off the wall, go again, right? Or dribble through some cones, being able to get your head up and seeing things around you. So, just small technical exercises like that. Um, you know, when you're doing a passing drill with a parent, maybe work on checking your shoulder, receive across your body every every time, every third ball that they say to go, right? So there are some technical things you can do on your own. I would encourage, like, our club's coaches to go ahead and put our players in tighter spaces, mm. um, maybe with more restrictions, Um and, and, and put them in situations where they're going to fail a few times. Um, and that's not a bad thing as a coaching staff, right? The more you can put pressure and simulate higher speed of play, maybe maybe it's three on three and one team's w- really doing well. Yeah, Make it three on four and see how it's going to go now. Make it three on five. What happens now, right? Now you're starting to simulate a higher level of play because we're putting our players in different situations um, where that might be Conditioned,
0: yeah, and I think that I got two things. That one of them, I think, you can also tell yourself, "I'm going to play three touch max." Like even if that's not the session, if you're playing in, a, in, in your own team and you're the best player on your team or whatever it is, and you find yourself dribbling too much, know that that's probably not realistic in the in the next level. So just in your mind, let's go ahead and play two three touch. Just just go ahead and do it, and then the the, the second option is challenge yourself to play older play with older players or at the highest level you can. Um, that's good. you know, so if, if we're all, we're all smart, you know, if you're the best player on the team, you know, if you're the one that, so if you're at that age and you're, you know, and you're a sophomore, junior, find another, find a guest plan opportunity. Uh, or if there's a higher, you know, just to be able to play at a higher level, um, Maybe you am not you know maybe you play with the older boys team or, or whatever that looks like if you're going maybe try to train some you know that it you puts yourself in the situations where you don't have a choice that they're gonna hit you and hit you faster
1: yeah yeah those are those are i, I think those are really good advice uh, pieces of advice for sure, yeah,
0: and that leads into your next one sorry we're, we're...
1: no i I mean, I think the next one that we were both going to talk about is just the physical nature of the game mm-hmm. um. Once again, this does vary. I think personally, Josh, um, at a lot of levels, there are there are females ready to play immediately mm-hmm. as freshmen. And the acclimation process for being physical and understanding how to use your body doesn't um, affect them as much as it might the male players that I've seen coming into the college level. So where are you going to see more of a, a higher percentage of red-shirted freshmen on the men's side? Yeah. Um, And it's just that development. Sometimes it's that junior year of high school to to freshman, sophomore year of college. There's a big weight transition for a lot of boys to men's players. Right. Um, And so the extra 10 pounds that you can hit between those those years are really going to help a guy more Mm -hmm. than a a girl in a lot of cases. And so I've seen the physical nature of play affect more men's players. Um, and it is, a, it's a way different game. Um, yeah. I, I need mean, the first college game I ever played. I think I was, I was like scared out of my pants, right? Like, uh, like we're 10 minutes in and a goalie went up and a guy went in for a head ball and the goalie like punched it, you know, missed the ball and hit our player in the face. His nose exploded everywhere. I broke his nose. And I I was just like five minutes in. I was like, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> right. And I was a skinny freshman. So, uh, I just happened to be just a little more talented to get on the field, but I it, it is a difference, especially in the men's game, um, and sometimes we're not ready for that physicality. Uh, and, and and there does need to be a, a focus on uh, strength and diet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I said that junior year to senior year of high school, and in the past, that's really important uh, for the men's players, especially.
0: Well, and and you know, you got to understand too: is you're playing with as an eighteen-year-old, you're playing with 21, 22 year twenty-two-year-old grown men or grown young women. I mean, that's a huge, I mean, look at yourself as a freshman in high school to a senior in high school. That's a big jump. And a lot of the freshmen aren't playing with the seniors because they're playing on JV or the freshman team. And then in their own club team, they're playing typically with their own age. Um, four, yeah. four years is, is a massive jump um, in, in this physicality of things. And, um, that's a good point about the guy. So, I mean, what do you do? How, how, is is this anything that is.
1: is tw- there is some technical work um, that I feel is important in the development. Um, so one of the biggest things I learned is uh, as a skinnier kid, you know, but then as teaching the game. Right. There are some of my best players that using their body were not our biggest kids. Mm hmm. Right. So protection of the ball really is understanding, you know, how to get your butt between your player and the defending player or the ball and the defending player. Use what your mama gave you. That's right. And it's a skill. Uh It's a skill. Um, And so, you know, sometimes it's inherent. It's really hard to teach that. Um, You know, we've done some weird things with like exercise balls or you know, football pads and things like that. But ultimately, you know, some kids are just going to be inherently better at understanding how to use their body. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned from, from watching, you know, one of my friends play that was really good at it. Right. And now the way I teach it a lot of times is, Hey, watch so-and-so she's really good at it and she's not very big. So it doesn't take much. So it's, it is something that's hard to teach. You don't see a, a, I've never really seen it. Maybe I can do like a 60 minute session, I guess on protecting the ball, but you know, you're not usually going to get like a 90 minute session on ball protection, so yeah, it's hard to say like what can I do as a soccer coach or on the field other than maybe watch those that are good at it and try to mimic and understand how to how to protect the ball.
0: Well, the other thing too is is your is is off season is spent lifting. You know, and typically not always, not always, not in every program, but in the fall you're you're lifting once or twice a week just to maintain, not really to put mass on, just to kind of maintain and really kind of a, a, a stretching. But in the spring is when you start getting, like, you're trying to put mass on. We saw girls coming at dumpsters like, hey, you're going to go up a a jean size. Know that it's not bad weight. Like, you're putting muscle on um, because that's what you do in the spring. And so now you're coming into, especially these sophomore, junior, seniors, now that have been lifting for three to four years. So they're just naturally stronger anyways.
1: That's true. Um, yeah. You, you, so you're still going to be behind. Like, you can start. Yeah. You got to stick to it.
0: You know, but I do. I I think you're right. The speed of play and physicality tie in, because I think that is the thing, you know, when we, especially like, I look at the regional showcase teams when you have some 06s playing. It was last time we instance in Cincinnati, we had 07s playing against seniors in high school. I'm like, they're going to hit you, and they're going to hit you hard. So get rid of the ball. And I always think if you can get rid of the ball fast enough, you're not going to get hit as much. Um, you know, there, there one player, our, our, when I was coaching in St. Charles, we came up and played you in the spring. Um, uh-huh. Or maybe, the, I can't remember what it was. And we had a player that danced with the ball way too much. Um, and she was one of the better players on our team. And I told you, and you looked at me, she's like, she, my team's going to whack her before too long. And 10 minutes <laughs> in, she's dancing in the middle of the field, 20 touches, and just wham. And But she learned to play faster. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's what they're going to do. They're going to hit you fast. They're going to hit you hard. Um, and fairly too. That's the thing. It, it's it's a, yeah. It's a context sport when you hit that level.
1: Right. Know how to use your body. Yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Let's look at this last one. I think we're going to make this a two parter because there's some there's some good stuff here. Um. But the next one I think to to, to grasp is, is that, and we kind of mentioned failure, but everyone is good, at at, at the collegiate level. Um. You know, ten percent of kids will play in college. Now that's that's across the board um I'll brag about rush because we are just roughly 40% of our players will play. But nationwide 10% of players. So you're in the top 10% of 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 high school athletes that get to play college soccer men and women here. So everyone is going to be good. You know, most of the time you're coming into a team everyone's all conference, everyone's all something, everyone's this yeah. and you're no longer the best one on the team. Um and that's I think that is a tough adjustment. For players, if they're not prepared for that, because they're coming in, being the best, scoring 50 goals maybe, and they've never failed. Mm. And they're coming into an environment and someone's better than them.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, ha- it happens at the collegiate level at every sport, mm-hmm. um, you know, with every team and every and every scenario. Um, it is It is a good thing to prepare the kids for is that, hey, this is the starting over process. You have to prove yourself all over again. You're capable of doing that, but you're going to have to find your way. Mm-hmm. And I think the best teams at the college level uh, have players that understand their role and accept that role
0: mm-hmm.
1: at that time, you know. So I, I, ask, uh, I ask our kids this question, you know, when is the best time to change your role on the team? I'll ask you this question, Josh. When is the best time to change your role on the team, in season or out of season?
0: I think at, I think off season, out of season.
1: Off season is right, because off season is like what you just talked about. This is when you be- can become stronger. This is when you become faster, right? This is when you you know maybe play extra. Pickup games, things like that, work on your jump shot, if it's basketball, whatever it might be, off season. In season, you need to figure out what your role is at that exact moment and then be really good at it. Yeah. Right. And those are the teams that are the best teams. And so for us as a program, we really stress that. Like, we don't want you, like, now you can be really good at that role, and then this person's not playing well, boom, you're going to start. You didn't change your role. You got really good at what you were doing. Yeah. And the opportunity presented itself and you were ready. And so if this kid's like, well, I scored 50 goals in high school, I should just be the starter. And when I'm not starting, I'm I'm not going to accept my new role. That's when players fail. That's when teams fail.
0: Yeah. Well, and and you see that a lot. I think you see it more and more in club soccer. High school, you can't really just change high schools necessarily. But in club, you know, I'm not starting. I'm going to go to this other club you're not helping, you're not, I mean, you're not helping yourself, you know, that, that's yeah, helping the problem. Yeah. yeah and we talked about it earlier with parents too. Like you, you kids need to fail. Like you have to learn how to fail. Cause that's life. Like even get outside of athletics. That's, that's life. You know, like you're, you're going to fail. You're gonna have a job that you're, that someone's going to be better at you or someone's going to try to take your job or wh- whatever this looks like is that I think you got, you got to know how to fail. And I don't think our kids, you know, I, I've, I've told the story before is, it's my last year at, at, at in co- coaching college. I brought in I, one of the, I think one of the most talented recruitment classes that we ever brought in just, just pure athleticism. These kids were lights out, lights out, um, brought in nine freshmen. One of them started and the other eight pouted and our team self imploded. I mean, it just literally self imploded because these freshmen thought I'm good. And they were in their club and high school. They were phenomenal. And, they come in just assuming they're gonna play and start, and they didn't. And they self-imploded. And they blame the coaches, they blame everyone else, they blame the teammates, and there's just, just giant split. And I, that's when I realized like th- our kids don't know how to fail. They they have no concept. And we're so focused on winning, winning, winning. It's like you should fail. You need to learn to fail. Yeah. I mean
1: It yeah, it is a it's a weird um approach I feel like in a lot of clubs and teams and you know that hey like you know everyone's going to be a winner and you know we should go in and win these games and I don't know I I I always you know with our program we've always just kind of tried to instill a chip on the shoulder Mm -hmm. you know that maybe you're not supposed to what can you do to make sure you don't lose you know by working your hardest and things like that and I feel like if you instill that side of it, you're not like saying, Hey, we're going to fail. Right. But we're saying like, Hey, be, let's be real that we have to work hard all the time. right?" And sometimes working hard just means working hard and you don't win. And that's okay. Cause you worked hard. And so I don't know if that approach is just lost. Um, you know, I, fo- uh, American football culture ruins that a lot of times hate to bash <laughs> another sport, but you know, any football culture you're around, it's, Pumped up, we're going to win every game, no matter what. We're the best. We're going to be the best offense in the, in the country, the best defense in the country. And your team goes zero and twelve, and you're awful. Yeah. But you tell the kids every day they're the best, and like I'm not a fan of that. I'm, I'm more of a fan of being realistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like you said, there's failure in life, um, and and I think they have to prepare the kids for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do, and and I think I think it's the same concept of when we talk about speed of play is. is is if you're the best, go be around people better than you, like, you know, and and maybe that's where uh, you know we uh, maybe uh, thing we put on the parents, like, hey, step, take them some, like, not not switch clubs, play with someone better than you, and I I think different environments, yeah, yeah, for sure, and I think you know as as a freshman sophomore, those are easy, as a senior it's hard to go and play another level up, but as a freshman and sophomore. <laughs> you know especially go play with the older team go practice with them every once in a while go play with the boys go play with whatever that is to get you to be in an environment where you're not always winning um yeah you know that is technically the rush way you you play 10 games you should go 6 3 and 1 because if yep. you win every single game you're you're not in the you're you're too low in the league if you lose every single game you should probably drop down and those three those three losses you should like Say if,
1: if, yeah, I, was, I was just saying that. That's funny. I was just saying that to a high school coach that there was a showcase, you know, that I went to, and and uh, I, you know, I said, "How did you guys finish up three games?" He said, "You know, we went one, one, and one." I said, "Hey, that's a good showcase for you guys." I said, "How was the loss?" And he said, "We got our butts kicked." Yeah. I said, "Good." And he goes, "You think so?" I said, "Good." Yeah. He's like, "You know what? Yeah, that was good for us." Yeah. Like, that's how you have to approach it. Not like, oh, we need to go win three games. Like, you won a game. You lost the game, and I said, "How was the tie?" And he goes, "I think we should have lost." And I said, "But?" He said, "But we grinded out a tie."
0: Yeah, those nice
1: So it was another learning experience. Yeah. That's that's good. like that. So you're right. That I, I appreciate the rush way and, and, and always challenging.
0: Themselves. Yeah. All right. This, this is uh, part one. We're, we're it's, it's gone long enough here for part one. Catch us on part two of uh, CAP Chat Live of the differences between high school. All right, club soccer basically the high school age players and in, into collegiate soccer. So what is the difference? Um, and so this is this has been part one: speed of play, physicality, and everyone is good at the differences. And uh, join us in, in part two for CapChat. Thanks for listening to CapChat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States, exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network. My name is Josh Tyler, and this. is is Cap Chat.